1: know why I'm saying bonjour in French. I'm actually in Greece. I do get around a bit and uh, I'm on the island of Andros. I just arrived here last night and right now I'm looking out the window. The sun is actually going down at 6 p.m. here and I'm watching a single boat out there making its way around the island and there are other islands in the distance. It's quite beautiful And I'm so happy to be with you. And I have a wonderful, wonderful uh, guest for you today. Uh, Colin Tipping is going to be with us in just a minute. And we're going to start, as we always do, with a prayer and a blessing. And I invite you to place your hand on your heart and take this breath of love and gratitude with me, so grateful and so thankful that we can forgive. So grateful and so thankful that love is all that there is. So grateful and so thankful that we can change our mind, that we can go the other way, we can open our hearts and minds, and that in this moment as we take this breath with our hand on our heart, we're invoking the higher Holy Spirit self with the full intention to change our minds about anything that does not serve us anymore we're stepping into the unprecedented unlimited life of love that is our destiny that is our inheritance we are claiming it right now we are saying yes to it and we are grateful and thankful to share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone because we're one with them in grace and gratitude, we joyfully allow it to be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. 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 Yeah, thank you. There's Colin saying amen. Welcome, Colin. Well,
2: thank you, thank you. Uh, you uh, I, hope uh, I hope you're having a nice having time. A nice time, there. time
1: there. Yeah, good well, year, I, I just arrived on the island last night, and I've had uh, many, many forgiveness opportunities. But you know what? The uh, the great thing about truly living a course of miracles, which is my aspiration, as you well know, uh, my my practice is one of non-judgment. So if you're not in judgment, there's actually nothing to forgive. Oh. And uh, well, I don't know if you can hear that static. I hope nobody else can. But uh, and uh, so... I I had an amazing journey uh, that included my flight to the campus, three books, books, and I left the film today. Uh, one piece made it with me, the other two arrived tonight and uh, a couple of days late. But, uh, you know, I don't let these things bother me anymore. And so, regardless of the, oh, the, uh, logistics of the experience, I can be in ease and grace and peace and and discover the good and the joy in each and every moment. And it's real. It's authentic. And uh, it's, it's interesting, Colin. One of the things that I, I would like to share with you, I want to get to in just a minute, but first, just in case there's anybody who could possibly be listening who doesn't know who you are, Colin Tipping, author of Radical Forgiveness, Radical Manifestation, and uh, the, the most recent book, Expanding into Love. He has been a guest on the show before, and he has been a guest in the Living of Course and Miracles series a few times, and we just did a class together last Thursday in Living of Course and Miracles, and our topic was Releasing Resistance, How to Love What Is, or How to Accept What is. And you don't like it, and it's so funny. In my blog yesterday, my daily spiritual espresso yesterday, I wrote um, that uh, my trip from Los Angeles to Greece was. It was like a. Uh, oh, I can hear your Colin. Yeah. You're You're not muted out, so. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just so you know. And okay. So, uh, My journey from Los Angeles was uh, one long experience of having the opportunity to accept what is, even though it wouldn't be what I chose. Though I can't say I didn't like it, that I was resisting it in any way. It just was, so I just went with it, you know. And looking for the flow of love in every moment. And so it was really extremely peaceful and quiet and uh, uh, in some ways kind of nice. So um, I... It was it I, was all
2: perfect just the way it was, right?
1: You know, what, it, it really was calm because, I mean, yeah. like I said, they misplaced my luggage and and they said one thing and did another and this and that, but none of it actually bothered me. And I really felt peaceful the entire time. And I I wasn't in fear about anything like yesterday. I thought, okay, I don't have my laptop charger. I don't have my phone charger. How am I going to do certain things that I'm uh, in, in a sense required to do or, or promise to do and, and I just knew that spirit would find a way, and I went to an Internet cafe, and, you know, this is not the, the land of the Mac like it is in, in L.A., So, but somebody miraculously had a Mac laptop charger in their purse and lent it to me, and I got enough juice to do some things. And so I just feel completely cared for and protected. And uh, That's great. That, Yeah, you know, and I hadn't intended to talk about this, but I would love to get your take on this. Because one of the things that I felt this weekend, and in a sense it has to do with forgiveness in relationships. So as I was going through this experience, I saw many, many places where I could get offended, I could get upset, I could be afraid or worried or concerned. Because the one bag that's missing was the bag that all my valuables were in. I had mm-hmm. to check it at the gate. So it's usually everything that I would never put in a suitcase and let somebody else take. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my jewelry, my my video camera, all those things. And uh, But I just trusted that it would be okay. And actually, when I handed it over, it didn't occur to me that they were going to hand it right back to me at the end of the flight. I didn't realize they were going to check it through. And then in order for me to get it, I'd have to leave uh, go through customs in England and all that. So, anyway, I just trusted, and I literally felt all along the way that even though I was in complete peace and all this stuff was going on, that I was burning off negative karma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it was literally dissolving and just like rolling right off me, and it, it didn't cost me anything because I didn't. I was there was no resistance. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know I our know mutual friend told, told me that uh, last year the year before, you lost your laptop on a trip.
2: Yeah, I did. Well, it, it was actually uh, going right through the uh, security. Uh, somebody picked up mine and left theirs, which was totally empty. It, <laughs> it was a defunct computer, but they took mine and left me the rotten one. Uh, oh. I did, in fact, get it back after about two weeks, but I, I, I had an opportunity I have- to, do, to do that. I had an opportunity to do the four-step process that we talked about last time, and I find that uh, that traveling, especially on airplanes, gives me lots of opportunities to use that four-step process. If you remember what it was, it was the. I, yeah, please
1: go over it for the listeners who didn't hear the class last.
2: Oh, okay. Well, it's it's a four-step process that you use right in the moment when something happens, like you lose your bag or you lose your computer or something like that, or the flight is delayed, and you say to yourself, wow, look what I've created. That's the first step. Look what I've created. Uh, The second step is I notice my judgments and my negative feelings, but I love myself anyway for making them. And then the third step is really where the radical forgiveness thing comes in, because you say I'm willing to see the perfection in the situation no matter what it is and then the fourth step is i choose peace. So once you have that committed to memory, uh, it can come in so handy at times and it'll it'll help you really to stay in that, that state of peace and acceptance and surrender and uh, and the result of doing that of course is that the situation nearly always works out perfectly in the end even though there's some discomfort along the way and that kind of thing. But if it prevents you from going into what i call victim land <laughs> which only which only makes the situation worse energetically so you're just putting a lot of negative energy into the situation making it even worse than it really is uh, whereas if you can do that four step process and stay in peace you're, it'll help a lot I've used it a lot
1: yeah well I think uh, uh, probably you like me uh, went through a long period where you used it many times a day
2: yep Many times.
1: Many times, yeah. I, 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 I say it all the time that there have been times when I've had to do it a hundred times a day and yeah. or more. Uh, and, and and in the, all those times where I had to do it a hundred times or more, it was always related to a relationship.
2: Oh, okay. So which is <laughs> the topic of today, I guess, huh?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you, you know, you, you're... What you teach is so practical and so helpful. Uh, I wonder if you would tell people who are having challenges in relationships, who really would like to uh, resolve the challenges in all their relationships and live a peaceful life, a harmonious life with family and friends and coworkers and lovers and loved ones, uh, in your book, Expanding Into Love. what would you say is the, the basic tenet of that book?
2: Well, um, <clears throat> the basic idea in that book really is, is, I I began by asking myself the question, why did we choose to come here? Because I do believe that we did make that choice. And uh, and it was a good choice. But we came here in order to learn what it was like to experience separation. And, and the reason for doing that is so that we could really Get a, a really good uh, feeling for what uh, oneness really is, because unless you know what, unless you know the opposite of oneness, how would you know it? It's like light and dark. You don't know dark right. until you've explored light. <coughs> so, um, so that on that assumption, and it is only an assumption. I don't know whether it's true or not. But I make the assumption based on what I've observed over the years with the people I've worked with, that um, that when we come in to the life experience. We agree to have what I call spiritual amnesia, which means that we forget where we are, where we came from and who we really are, and we buy into the fact that we're separate. And, and so we live about half of our life in the illusion that we are separate in order to really experience it fully. And then at about halfway through, typically around 40, 45, 50, somewhere around there, uh, we begin a waking up process. And, and that can happen through any sort of uh, thing, like uh, we get introduced to A Course in Miracles, for instance, or any any sort of uh, experience that makes us start to wonder, surely there's something else than just this. We've, you know, gone through, we've, we've lived this life and we've got money and we've got success, but there's still a big hole there. And so we wake up and start to then... Um, come to our senses, if you like, about who we really are. And, and then for the rest of our life, we're really growing and learning and learning more and more and more and raising our vibration and so on. So that's the that's the underlying thing. Now, how does this work with relationships? Um, <clears throat> I believe that, you know, for, the, for that first half of our life when we're really not very conscious about what the truth is, we set ourselves up for these relationships, albeit with beginning with their parents even, to give us the experiences that we signed up for. So so who better than wives, partners, parents, uh, brothers, sisters, even our own children, to give us the experience of separation in the form of abandonment or rejection, even abuse, all those kind of things. And so far from relationships being about being happy, Relationships are, in the beginning anyway of our life, is about learning. It's about giving us the experiences that we came in as spiritual beings to have. And, and those experiences are not always comfortable. Um, however, once we start to wake up to this fact that all healings are, all relationships are for healing, shall I say, then we take a much better approach to our relationships and then we realize that what is uh, our difficulties with the people that we are living with or interacting with, even if it's in business uh, are, are lessons to be learned or are there for us to experience. In other words, we've created these experiences for our journey, for our spiritual journey. And so then we begin to see our adversaries in a very different light and realize that most of what is going on is our projections onto them so that they will uh, give us an opportunity to feel the separation within ourselves, which is, as I understand it anyway, a very big tenet of the Course in Miracles. So um, once we come to that point of waking up, um, then we, our relationships become very, very different. It then becomes about expanding into the fullness of love. And it's a very different uh, different way of relating. Um, we, we stop demanding, we stop expecting, we start accepting for people just where they are and use our relationships as a means of expanding our consciousness into the love vibration. So that's the basic idea. Um, practically, though, you know, that's... The problem is putting this into practice.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> it, you know, it's a, it's a challenge, it's, and it's a challenge all the time, and it's just as much of a challenge in the second phase as in the first phase. Um, but but we approach the challenges in a different way. In the first phase, when we're unconscious and believe we're separate, we, we play it like we're victims. We play, we're yeah. victims and perpetrators for each other, and we're fighting and we're doing all sorts of of things to each other, um, thinking that it's all wrong and we're having a bad time. When we're in the second phase, however, even though some of those things may still be going on, we see it as uh, an opportunity for us to learn and to grow and uh, and to go back to where we were the other day, to accept things just the way they are and surrender into what's going on so that there is no further need to create uh, the difficulties that we were experiencing before. So it's a slow learning experience and um, an expansion of our consciousness is how I see relationships.
1: You know, yes, very, very well said. And you can, it is, it is, an excruciatingly slow process, continue to make that commitment to really be vigilant and uh, to be dedicated and devoted to doing the work. That's the music telling us we're going to have to go through a break now. Oh, okay. Uh, so we'll, we'll come back and we'll talk about this, this developing the dedication and the devotion to do the work because I have to say, and I'll be interested hear your take on this too, but I have to say that I was shocked, literally shocked at how fast I could work through stuff when I was really authentically committed and not just paying lip service.
0: So
1: we'll we'll talk about this because I know you've been to uh, the heck and back in your relationships just like the rest of us.
0: Oh, Absolutely.
1: (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. But we've lived to tell the tale <laughs> and, and to help people move um, faster. I'm Jennifer yep. Hadley. My guest is an author Colin Tiffany. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, and we'll be right back.
0: Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles.
1: I'm Jennifer Hadley, and my guest this week is author Colin Tipping, and he is the just he's such a Colin. You are such a gift to the world. Your your work, your practice, your living practice of of love and radical forgiveness. It's meant a lot to me over the years, and I'm so grateful that we get to get together once or twice a year and share. And so just as we were going to the break, I was saying that I was amazed in my own life experience how when I made the commitment to really live a course of miracles, to practice forgiveness, really practice non-judgment, so there is nothing to forgive, then all of my relationships began to shift. My whole journey began to shift, and at first, it was excruciating. It was just like, you know, having needles poked in my eyes, only it was like they were being poked in my head and my heart. And uh, it just felt like so often I just wanted to jump off a cliff rather than go through it. But I made up my mind that the only way to end the misery and the suffering was to actually walk through it and make decision after decision to choose love, choose love, choose love. And I started to really get clear that the more difficult it was, the more excruciating it was for me to choose love, that was the indicator that I was identified with the ego. I was um, resisting being loving, and I I really wanted to be loving. So I, I made a pact with myself to move through it, no matter how difficult it was. And of course, some days I was doing it much better than others. Not a day went by when I didn't fall down on my face, but I just kept getting back up again with love. And, and you know this all too well. So forgiveness in relationships. How do you get the inspiration or the motivation to, to even bother and not just uh, be a complainer and a, a judger and a criticism? Try to control and manipulate all your loved ones. How do you even, get like a little crowbar in there and get some light in. Hmm.
2: Well, uh, I, I'm probably not as as good at, at just going to peace as you are. Um, I have a terrible job just doing that uh, as a sort of a spiritual discipline. That's not easy for me. So uh, having recognized that right at the very beginning, I said I've got to create some tools to help me do this because without some sort of uh, – uh, mechanism that connects me to my spiritual side or my spiritual intelligence, as I call it, I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to I'm going to stay stuck in victim land pretty easy because I can go there, um, I, I can go there and get upset and stay there. For, I, I used to anyway. I could go there and sulk for for weeks, <laughs> you know, if I yeah. got really upset or not talk to someone for a couple of days and so, so that, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, so what I did, I developed, um, in fact, this is, the worksheets became um, into existence long before the book did. In fact, the book was a sort of an outgrowth of the worksheet. I created this worksheet in order to help me to go to the place of forgiveness. Uh, and then I thought, well, you know, I ought to write a book to explain how this works. So that's how it happened. But um, I have found it totally necessary to have these tools uh, which are just simple worksheets or audio equivalent of worksheets, that, uh, you know, on CDs. But what it does, I have discovered over the years, is that it helps us to bypass that monkey mind of ours, which is always saying, oh, you know, poor you, you know, you. this person's really done it for you, I mean, you're a victim, blah, blah, blah. And so um, I needed something that would get me past that not by uh, trying to change my subconscious mind or or reprogram it in some way, but to to, to bypass it, to go round the mental mind and go straight into my spiritual self. And that's what these tools have proven to be good for, not just for me, but for people that have been using radical forgiveness for years. Um, And everybody is amazed at how they how they work, because they're so simple. And yet, when we do use them, um, magic seems to happen and our relationships shift immediately because it's all about energy. And these tools, I have come to believe anyway, uh, when we use them, um, something happens with our own energy as we're using them and that has the effect uh, of um, impacting everybody else around us Especially those that are, are directly involved in any sort of upset that we have, and their energy changes too. And the purpose of the uh, of the upset, which there always is one, of course, there is always a purpose for an upset, a spiritual purpose for it. But once we've done the worksheet and gone through the radical forgiveness process, then the purpose is uh, is already uh, fulfilled, and uh, and so. The, the situation that was causing the upset in the first place disappears and so that's the, that's the magic in it so <clears throat> whereas I used to spend days or weeks being upset I can now get through it in about mm, 10 minutes if I use yeah. the worksheet if I use or or even just the four-step process i I also am very very fortunate in I have a wife who understands the uh the the power of the tools. So when I get upset, not necessarily with her, but about anything, she'll say, "Well, have you done a worksheet yet?" That irritates the heck out of me, of course, but because <laughs> <laughs> I say, "No, I don't want to do a darn worksheet," because there is a resistance to doing it. You can, you know, there's always a resistance to uh, recognizing that uh, that what this this person who is being a real pain is actually a healing angel for you. Who wants to really? think of that when they're in, in upset but if you have someone around you who can say well wow, look what's being mirrored for you there or something like that that brings you back into your awareness of the truth as opposed to the illusion that we hang out in when we go to victim land well yeah I, I, having tools
1: I I offer similar but different tools to my students in classes. And the tools actually allow you to engage the ego in service of undoing itself. Because there is a certain amount of ego satisfaction, if you will, when you can say to the ego, look, you'll get a pat on the head, a pat on the back. You'll get some spiritual gold stars. If you do the worksheet not only will you have peace but you'll actually be able to look yourself in the mirror and go well done you look at you you did the right thing good girl good boy right
2: yeah yeah that's right and i've got the other the other way of looking at that too is to say you know the ego looks at what i'm doing on this what i call a rather stupid little silly worksheet and thinks to itself well, that can't do any harm. It's just a silly worksheet. So why do I need to get upset about it? Let him, let him get on with the worksheet, and so it doesn't resist. <laughs> so I'm fooling the, the ego in that sense. In that, uh, you know, how can how can doing a worksheet change everything? It's impossible, but it does, of course, because it, it works does. at the spiritual level. Yeah, it works because at the spiritual it level.
1: Change your mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the teaching of A Course of Miracles is to go the other way, to change your mind, and doing the worksheet actually helps you do that. And the thing is, too, is there is something profound that happens when we are writing, not on the computer, but using our hands, putting pen or pencil to paper, uh, it's, 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 it's somehow... <coughs> By engaging all of your skills and senses, your motor skills and all of that, you engage the fullness of your being, and it does work in a miraculous way.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right, Uh, um, because we always insist that there has to be something physical involved. And so even when you're doing a worksheet, you speak it out loud uh, so that the voice is, is being used. And so that's part of the physical body, and, uh, and the body is getting the resonance of the words, and that yeah. is transmitted to the, to the spiritual intelligence. But I, but I have experimented uh, with this, uh, Jennifer, and I thought the same, that the computer would not work. Uh, because, you know, originally the worksheet was just a, a, a piece of paper and you had to write on it. But I created an online program thinking that it probably wouldn't work the same. But, you know, it does. It has been very, very successful over the years. Now we've had it up for I don't know how many, probably ten years or more now, and many, many thousands of people have used it. I think the last count was something like eighteen thousand people had used it, and um, and I get report after report saying how powerful this online program is. So I was quite surprised when using the keyboard I thought would would not uh, would not give it the same. Um, Reference to both right and left sides of the brain, which is what happens when you do the writing. So, you know, I think to be perfectly honest, I, I think that spirit. If we simply ask for help, which is really what we're doing when we do a worksheet, yes, yeah. what I call secular prayer, because it's not religious, but it's secular prayer. We're asking yeah. for help, and however we do it, and you used the word authentically earlier on. If we ask for help in an authentic way and surrender to what spirit has in mind for us who we'll get out the way it doesn't really matter how we do it
1: it it's works anyway yeah our aspirations, our intentions are everything and the spirit moves through us for us, with us and that's why of Course Miracle says over and over and over and over and over, and over again that our little willingness is all that's required.
2: Right. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And, yeah. I say the Holy Spirit will do the heavy lifting. All
2: right. So let's, uh, if you don't mind, shall we come back to some of the, the practicalities of, uh, of, of, uh, relationships, um,
1: Absolutely. I just want to do one thing before you do that, and that is to just remind everybody about your book, Radical Forgiveness, which contains a wealth of information. And the worksheets that you're talking about are available on your website, colintipping.com, also radicalforgiveness.com, so people can go and get those. And I know after our class last week at livingacourseinmiracles.com, uh, people started emailing me right away and said, I went and got the worksheets. I'm doing them right now.
2: <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Good. All right. Well, good. Um, <clears throat> can I give a little plug here for something we've just come up with? Because we very much believe in spreading information and educating people. Uh, but we've come up with a education package specifically for Unity. So.
1: I know. I love it. I want to hear all about it.
2: Yeah. Can I say it? Okay. Please? Well, We we thought that it would be uh, helpful if we could put together an educational package for uh, for the congregations, for the congregants, that uh, that people, lay people and ministers, could do uh, in their own church and give people the experience of radical forgiveness in a variety of ways, uh, mostly practical and experiential, and uh, and to really get this going. So uh, we've got this package that includes. what well, they call Ceremony in a Box, which is the uh, Radical Forgiveness Ceremony, which we've been doing all around the world for, for um, more than 10 years now. It's such a wonderful ceremony. I've created it so that anybody can lead this now with a little bit of inf- information that we provide and the instructions that we provide. And so they, they can really uh, get to forgive themselves and everybody else in their life all in the space of about two hours. So that's the, the ceremony. And then we have a board game, so the package includes four board games that people can play Radical Forgiveness on. And uh, what else do we got? Oh, and uh, and a, and a book study kit for uh, going through all the books that I've written in, in a in a fairly uh, structured way. So um, anybody could lead a group doing a book study group. So. Um, there's lots of other things in there as well, CDs and that kind of thing. But it can be obtained from our bookstore, from our e-store, if anybody would like to uh, have a look at that. There's a little video about it. So, thank you for letting nice. me say that.
1: Yeah, well, I and I love that game, Satori. It's a wonderful game, and uh, it's a wonderful way to uh, play and do forgiveness uh, with I know. fun and have fun yeah. with friends. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, forgiveness with a lot of fun to it. So, but it, it's actually like a mini workshop. It plays you in bit <laughs> in the end.
1: It does. It's it's surprising. It's uh, a lot of laughs, but it's also you, sometimes there's a lot of tears. Quite yes, interesting. I,
2: that's right. Yeah, that's a wonderful game. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, so going back to now relationships and practicing forgiveness in relationships which I really think relationships relationships and physical health, these are the two most challenging places where we do this work and where the ego resists forgiving, resists being loving. So in how how was it that you came to write the book Expanding Into Love? What what inspired you to write that book?
2: Actually, okay. What of echo on that? Sounds yes. fine to it, me. It, it sounds okay to you. Okay. Um, what happened was that uh, I'd written a book uh, called Self Forgiveness in in uh, in for for a German publisher, and that was doing pretty well in Germany. So they asked me to write another one. So I had to make up something, and I thought I'd finished writing well, I thought I'd said all I was going to say about radical forgiveness, but so it uh, it forced me to think deeper. So it was really a gift um, to go deeper into uh, the meaning of, of radical forgiveness and, and looking at how I have observed people over the years of doing all these workshops, how they have shifted their energy and how it's affected their relationships. And so that's what I chose to actually do in the book, was to first of all, um, go into a little more depth uh, on the theory of it, on, on some sort of a, a model, a spiritual model of why we do this, why we do relationships at all, and then to look at it from a very practical point of view of how we actually do relationships, especially once we've woken up. Um, and by waking up, I mean uh, we have realized that everything that has occurred to us beforehand especially in, with, in relationships, was exactly what we wanted and created and co-created with the other people in our lives. So that realization, of course, is the big one. But after that, then we have to say, well, look at all that stuff, all our stories that we're still hanging on to. Maybe I need to go back and clear that up. So that's the first thing that we need to do because the energy of our negative stories uh, is still in our bodies. And even though we may have changed our I use the word mentality as opposed to mind, how you use it. So it's still in our mentality. Um, uh, Let me start again. Even though we've let it go out of our mentality, I think it still is lodged in the physical body, right in the cellular structure. And we've got to do something to go back into our spiritual self and into the body and clear it out like we're clearing an old closet out of Mm -hmm. old stuff. And so that's when we use the radical forgiveness process in a very different way to before. Uh, it's with awareness, but at the same time knowing that what we're dealing with uh, is um, old stuff that we no longer have any use for, that has kept our vibration pretty low. And as we, uh, as we clear it out using radical forgiveness, we automatically raise our vibration. And, and, in, and in doing that, that, that in itself automatically uh, changes our relationships with other people because we're different our energy is completely different um, and how we relate to people is completely different and it all starts to change very slowly at first but as, as long as we keep doing that work and clearing out the old stuff then we progress <laughs> yeah
1: and and uh, it, it's so deep It's so powerful, it's so strong, it is helpful beyond words, what words can convey to be able to have clear tools to be able to do that. That's what I love about your materials and what you offer, Colin, because like I said before, the the ego in a sense will give us permission to do these things and will actually keep us on track with them to a certain degree uh, because... It, 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 it's sometimes without that without telling the ego or even negotiating with the ego look, you're going to get everything you want you're going to have the happiness and the peace of mind and all the things that you think you want if we can do this forgiveness work if we can move through these steps and do these worksheets and do these activities then the peace and all the things that you think you want you, you will actually find so it's a, to me it's, there is a negotiation that can happen with the ego and if we can be present enough to, to negotiate it that way, then it, it goes so much faster and easier.
2: Right. Exactly. Okay. So
1: that music is telling us that we're we're going to go to a break, and okay. we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you're listening to A Course in Miracles, where we are choosing to live the love and walk the talk, right here on Unity Online <coughs> Radio. I'll be right back with Colin Tipping.
0: Whether you love the Bible or hate it, turn to it daily or refuse to have it in your house, The Bible Alive! Exploring Your Spiritual Roadmap is a program designed just for you. Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley presents the Bible as a practical, powerful spiritual roadmap full of wisdom and guidance for the challenges of life today. A roadmap for your spiritual journey. Isn't that just what you're seeking? Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time for The Bible Alive, exploring your spiritual roadmap with Rev. Ed Townley, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: So I'm Jennifer Hadley, and I'm back with my guest this week, Colin Tipping, author of Radical Forgiveness and Expanding Into Love. We're talking about forgiveness and relationships. And Colin, you you mentioned uh, that you had written a book for a German publisher on self-forgiveness, and I know for me, the activity of self-forgiveness was absolutely key to my whole healing and In A Course in Miracles, it says all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. And the way that we can make sense of that is to really begin to understand and believe or even just accept that there is a unity of all life, a oneness of all life. And so since there is no separation except in our human experience, there appears to be separation. In truth, there is only the one, and therefore... There's only myself to forgive because, as you've pointed out, I'm responsible for everything that I experience and see, and it's happening just the way I'd like it to, which is a key part of A Course in Miracles. And if my Course in Miracles book wasn't in my suitcase, which hasn't been returned to me yet, I would be quoting that for everyone. But... um, (laughs) I believe it's page four forty eight, the part on responsibility, is it's key. It's one of the hardest parts for us to accept to take total responsibility, but it that is the fastest track to healing the mind is taking total responsibility and then the the the, the door opener to the willingness to take total responsibility is that self forgiveness. So uh do you, are in ex, expanding into love? Are there self-forgiveness tools in there?
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
2: I, you see, I wrote the the first book, Radical Forgiveness. I wrote that in nineteen ninety seven, quite a long time ago. And a lot of people kept saying, you know, why don't you write one on self-forgiveness? And I said, well, it, I would just be writing the same book, except I'd change forgive. I changed the word victim for perpetrator. It's just the same. Because there's only really one person here, and that's you, or me. Um, So um, I really got it that that all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. But at the same time, uh, people kept saying, yeah, I know that's true, or I can get that, but why is it so difficult? Why is it more difficult to forgive myself than it is to forgive others? And people kept on and on and on at me. So the first thing I did was create an online self-forgiveness program that's uh, like a seven-day program that you take yourself through on the on the computer. But then when the, finally when the, the the German publisher said, I want you to write a book on self-forgiveness, I, I relented and said, Okay, I'll do it. And by the way, it is out. It it is in English too. Sounds True okay. published it for me. Um, so I did do it. And so I set out really to answer that question: Why is it so difficult? Because everybody says the same thing. It's much more difficult to forgive myself than to forgive other people. So what? I asked myself, why is that so? And, um, and what I came up with was that the problem with self-forgiveness is that we're judge, jury, and witness all in the same case. I'm forgiving me. So there's no subject or object. And, and to whom are we appealing to forgiveness? When I say I, I, I want to forgive myself, who are we appealing to and the answer I came up with was that we are not just oneself, we are a whole community of selves. And, uh, and the two parts of us that are the most difficult when it comes to uh, forgiveness and self acceptance, as well, come to that because the book was about both of those, uh, is the uh, inner yes, judge, the inner judge, and the critical parent. And those are two archetypes that we have in there that constitute parts of our ego, if you like. And, and when we appeal to those, which is what we're doing under normal self-forgiveness, traditional self-forgiveness, guess what? They're always going to say no. Because that, that part of us, that judging self, is always going to say, no, 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 you can't, you're bad. You should feel guilty about who you are. You can't accept yourself the way you are because you're a bad person. And then the critical parent comes in and says, yeah, that's right. You, I always told you you're never going to be any good and so on and so forth. So <laughs> um, so there's not much chance of you getting uh, loving acquiescence from those two characters in your mind. And they are pretty strong characters when it comes to, uh, uh, to giving you guilt trips. So my answer to that is, just like it is in Radical Manifestation, let's leave the mind out of this and go straight to the spiritual self. Because your spiritual self knows the truth. Your spiritual self loves you unconditionally. It knows why you came here. It knows why you did what you did, even though it looks bad. Uh, and And it will say yes every time. And you will feel it. And so, again, it takes a worksheet, though, to get there. It gets that worksheet, that secular prayer worksheet is is rather similar to the radical forgiveness one, except, of course, we're looking at it from a, from a self-administration, uh, if you like, instead of forgiving someone else. And it gives you an opportunity to look at your guilt and to see whether it's justified to feel guilty in the human sense, as well as, so it's practical as well as spiritual, but we found that that, that really does help when you use a worksheet to go to the spiritual aspect of yourself and, and just leave them the the mentality out of it again so that's, that's the quickest uh, way to explain it but when we do the ceremony though, uh, when we do the ceremony um, in which we have people walk across the circle in response to a number of questions, uh, the questions contain both victim and perpetrator in it, so no one knows what you're walking for, whether you you were an abuser or have been abused or whatever that the question was. Uh, and we always make the point that the, the victim and perpetrator are the same. There's no, there's no difference.
1: Right. Well, it, 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 these <clears throat> tools really work. And being able to do group forgiveness work is a gift from God. It is so powerful and so healing. I've, uh, like you, I've taught many workshops on forgiveness and done the group forgiveness in this work it is profoundly healing and we can do this work it, it simply takes that willingness that we were talking about earlier now one more thing I want to ask you about because we're almost out of time here it goes by so quickly uh, one of the big issues for a lot of spiritual students is that they are so compassionate and so forgiving sometimes that it, it's actually dysfunctional, and that's how I used to be. I got to a point where I was so accepting, so allowing, and so forgiving, I was dysfunctional, because I didn't know when to say, hey, cut it out, that's unacceptable. And so, <laughs> what what do you say to people who want to know, well, you know, how do I assess this?
2: Well, I think this is a very, very big part of the waking up process, that once we have woken up, and realize that we may have done this in the past as a way to uh, to give ourselves experiences of separation there is a point where we say okay I, the purpose for that is over, I don't need to have that anymore so I'm going to reassess my relationship, I'm going to reassess how I do relationship and uh, and uh, and that may mean leaving the current relationship because the if if the purpose for that relationship is over, then why not leave it? So it becomes quite practical at this point where we have to make a, a, an assessment of whether this relationship will carry us through the next phase of our life, this waking up phase, this spiritual phase, whether our partner is going to play the game with us or whether our partner wishes to stay stuck back in their stories and and not, uh, not be... Um, or to stay dysfunctional, as you put it, I think that's a good way of putting it. So uh, we have to come to our senses, in your, if you like, uh, when it comes to relationships, and say this is how relationships should work now, um, and this is how I want to play it. Now, if you don't want to play it this way, that's fine too. That's your choice, and I love you just as much for your choice. But now I have to, uh, I have to make some decisions about how i want to do relationships and if you want to play with me that's fine too um and so it's a case of looking back just like you said and how many times have you trans have given away yourself how many times did you didn't have a proper boundary so a big part of relationships once you have woken up spiritual relationships is knowing where your boundaries are um knowing what you want um Negotiating it for what you want, and I don't mean by negotiating, I mean you know making deals. I I mean really discussing with the other person. And as I say, this can be a business relationship. It's not necessarily husband and wife, or whatever. Absolutely, um,
1: oh, um, parents, children.
2: Yeah, parents, children, whatever the relationship is, it it becomes something that is. Uh, something to be nurtured and something to be uh, used in a way that satisfies both parties Uh, and if not then you have to say to yourself is it should I leave or should I go it's not an easy decision because you don't quite know how much learning there is left in this relationship (laughs) there was a couple of girls who wrote a book in I don't know probably in the seventies called The Courage to Divorce do you remember that book? No well, it was, you know, when when things were starting to get a bit more liberal and, and divorce had ceased to be a, a criminal thing. And so it was giving people an opportunity. But I think there's room for one called the courage not to divorce uh, because there may still be some mileage left in it. But knowing that and, and getting to the point where you really know that is
1: not easy. And that, that yeah, yeah, yeah. And if we're being compassionate as a way of giving to get, if we're being loving and kind is giving to get, that's fun um, And so there's a lot of learning for us here. And I agree with you. We don't speak before the miracle. Sometimes we have to uh, hold on until we get to peace before we leave. Of course not if somebody's hurting you. Then, then, then you can love them from a the distance and do the work from a distance. It's called without a complaint. I want to remind everybody to go and get your tools at com or radicalforgiveness.com. I also would like to remind everybody, I have a workshop called How to Get Over It at jenniferhadley.com and that's totally free. You can download that and use those tools as well. Get every tool you can get your hands on and do them. That's the main thing. Downloading them and, and having them on your computer is very different from doing them and using them. So the other thing is, Living a Course in Miracles this week, we got two classes this week totally free for you at livingofcourseinmiracles.com. We had a wonderful class with Colin last week. Oh, so much goodness. Time for us to pray. So I invite everybody to please place your hand on your heart and let us take that breath of love and gratitude and be so deeply and profoundly grateful that we can forgive, that we can change our mind, we can go the other way, we can use these tools and have a permanent healing. Peace is our true identity. So we're grateful to claim it right now and share the benefits with everyone. In grace and gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen,